Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we talk about the Merry Wives of Windsor. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show. My student was writing this monologue about, you know, 16, 17 junior in high school is the worst age to be because... Well, yeah, and like I said, yeah. welcome to your 30s. Their, their point, though... about being 16 and 17 is, like, well, your boyfriend doesn't pass you a note in the hallway, and all of a sudden he's breaking up with you, and you're like, everything's wrong, and then you just find out that he had a pop quiz and he couldn't write you a note. I I don't know that that's this student's experience. They were specifically talking about, you know, college admissions essays and all the props are like, describe yourself in 500 words. And it's like, how am I supposed to do that? No, and and it is is more stressful than a lot of people give it credit. Do you want the 500 words I use most often to describe myself? Because I can just make a list. To be so into a word cloud. <laughs> to be the that age when you have no real control over your life, but everyone like expects you to start acting like you do. The most yeah. perceived agency and the least amount of actual agency. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, add on top of that, fucked up hormones. Oh god. And um. Whenever anybody's the, like, the fact that would you, you f- go back to high school if you knew what you knew now? I'm like, no, because it doesn't affect, it doesn't change the fact that you're ragingly hormonal. And you, everything's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And um, even if you're sane, everybody around you is a fucking nut job. I had the uh, last day of my class that I've been teaching with my middle and high schoolers today. And one of the things that I asked them is kind of like a decompression on the class, you know, is what did you like about this class? What would you have wanted to see done differently? And then I asked them, like, what classes do you want to see taught in the future? And I wrote down everything that they said, even when they were being ridiculous. Um, but they were like, uh, can we have weekly group therapy with Cassie? <laughs> or was just I, I don't think you finished that sentence, dear. Well, no, there was different. There was the HYT group for the therapy, and then there was the um, mental health with Cass- with Cassie at Fuzzolis. Just proving that mental <laughs> health can't happen because Fuzzolis is all shut down. <laughs> well, they're just they're just not in this area. They're Fuzzolis all over are... Dayton, and every time I pass one, I'm like, oh, we could go get no wait. I don't actually want to eat Fuzzolis. I don't actively want to eat Fuzzolis because they'd never been to Fuzzolis before. And then we stopped at one for dinner on our way down to Chillicothe when we went to go see. Um, our friend Kelly's show that she was directing down there. We did a big road trip to Chillicothe, six hours in a van with many children. Was oh, yeah, an adventure again. Hustling, I just got hustling. done <laughs> with spring break with my two small children. So <laughs> at least all of yeah. yours from my uh, the, bottoms. The hustle and bustle. That's true. Chillicothe, Ohio. Yeah. And How did you but, keep track so- of them all? <laughs> they didn't get into that dangerous Chillicothe nightlife, right? I hope At least one of them had a leash, I'm sure. No, nobody wandered off into the snake mounds, did they? <laughs> snake mounds? <laughs> no, there, there are burial mounds. In oh, the yeah, yeah, serpent. In the serpent yeah. mound, yeah. it is unimpressive in that the hills <laughs> don't even come up to your knee. Well, it's impressive in that they made the shape of a snake. It's true. Without, but, know. like, right next to, I think, 
pretty close to it is, uh, no, it's Fort Ancient and, uh, Great Mound are close to each other. The Great Mound is enormous, takes forever to walk up it, it's a great mound. It's huge. And then you go to the Serpent Mound and you're like, Sure is shaped like a snake. <laughs> it's got a triangle head. Dirt, dirt. Why has this only come up to my knee? <laughs> or maybe that's just raging hormones at 12 when Beth is like, I am unimpressed with your ancient burial mound. It's not even a burial mound. It's just an earthwork. I could do that in my backyard with a stick. Because <laughs> all of a sudden you turned into Daria. Uh, that's not even Daria. That's Daria's sister, Quinn. Quinn, yes. And... 12-year-old Beth wished she was Daria, but acted way more like Was Quinn. actually Quinn, yeah. <laughs> now, 15, 16-year-old Beth was a little closer to Daria, because by then I had figured out how to affect that I don't care about anything you were talking about, and then cry myself to sleep at night. Because that's... You know, the affectation of a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you know you've never been a teenage girl. No, but I've known plenty of them. They're horrible. Teenage boys are not any better. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Generally worse, actually. Worried about my hand towels. <laughs> uh, that house full of boys. I mean, we're, I'm laying on the couch today. The boys are watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for like the second time that day. And I look up and James has just got his pants and underwear around his ankles. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like... Ooh, the bad guys pulled my pants down. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Put your pants back on. <laughs> Spider-Man had to come save me. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? From the evil pantsing guy. James, if you have to go to the potty, just go to the potty. Okay. <laughs> he got he got pantsed by the Green Goblin. He got pantsed by the Green Goblin or whatever. They're all they're both a little bit freaked out by Kingpin. Yeah. Which is not abnormal, but in that movie, he is enormous, and he's dressed all in black, so it's just this, like, white face in a black suit. And so he takes up half the screen in some scenes. So he's this, like, overarching, very villainous presence. And so they're very weirded out by it. So I hope Kingpin wasn't the bad guy who pulled his pants down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that guy pulled my pants down. They got it. They got it, Beth. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> they got it good. Little, little wieners. <laughs> <laughs> See? Uh, I don't have the wiener problem at my house. I have a daughter, but I have the... You don't have a wiener problem yet. <laughs> Ew. Ew. No, I have the uh, lay around in skirts and, you know, like, everything's everywhere, like, is... Either close your legs or put on some underwear or something. I don't care, but just... I know we told you that that native nudity was okay. <laughs> Indigenous nudity is no longer okay in my house. <laughs> but you're little and I'm tired of seeing your bits everywhere. Please, close up shop. Like, close up shop! Saw that, saw that stuff and now changing diapers. Don't even see it anymore. Well, and you get so desensitized to it when you're changing diapers that when they're running around the house with no underwear on, you're like, that's just normal. Whatever. And then eventually somebody comes into your house to, like, I don't know, be an adult with you, and you're like, oh, 
I mean, put the tiny wiener away. <laughs> Five children, Jaha. And then James has taken up this habit of just screaming penis randomly, like a 15-year-old. It's <laughs> like having a nice day out with my mom, my Aunt Janet, my dad, the boys. We went out to a really nice dinner at an old brewery. It was a the Carillon Park, so they ran it as an 1850s brewery. So it was really kind of cool. We, My dad and I sampled a float of old mm-hmm. old time of beer, which was the like the cask warm beer. Cask, cask condition. Yeah. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was disgusting. And, and way better beer. Meanwhile, every meanwhile, three minutes. Meanwhile, we're just like sitting there. He's eating his applesauce, and all of a sudden, he just goes, "Penis!" I'm like, "Jesus!" <laughs> my aunt, my aunt just looks over at me and she goes, "John, my cousin, John's gonna have a little boy soon too." And I'm like, "Hmm." You tell his wife Maria to call me when you <laughs> start screaming penis. <laughs> you, get, you get ready for that, you lucky so and so. Penis, and like his brother never did that kind of stuff. Like he would say butt randomly, or he would try whatever he could to say bathroom word, but he didn't just like I don't even need a reason. <laughs> penis. Well, all it does is it further further reiterates. Mm. Yep, no. I was afraid we were going to have a podcast go by where he didn't tell everybody that James acts like me, but looks like Chris. And Michael looks yeah, like me, exactly. but acts like Chris. No, yeah. look, on, on the Shakespeare bingo card, Ryan pointing that out is the free space. That is. It is the free I, space. I, however, have never just randomly taken down my pants and go, the bad guys did it. <laughs> I'm sure you have been drunk enough for that at some point. Well, Undies Monday never really intrigues me. I'd rather just sit in a chair and drink, and y'all can act fool and... I'll just fall over. Look, that, that was that was definitely a weird time in everyone's life that was around at that point. On this Monday, that was that was dumb. Cheers. Yep. Let's not be twenty again. We weren't even twenty. We were closer to thirty. Haven't we always been closer to thirty? Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, we haven't. No. And at one point, I met him when I was eighteen. At one point, we were eighteen and nineteen. It was gross. All right. So speaking of people being hey, dumb, yeah, we're doing a podcast. I'm so glad all of that was recorded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watch out if you're ever planning on having children. Just this is a cautionary tale. <laughs> Penis. You can listen to the you can listen to the cold open for every one of these Shakespeare podcasts and find out why not to have children. Or if you think that's funny, <laughs> then by all means, <laughs> have kids. Do it. I can't be alone. <laughs> but speaking of, this is the Shakespeare podcast. My name's Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Cassie Greenley. And I'm Chase Greenley. And together we are. Live face. No. Alright. We're not going to do that. No. <laughs> we no. talked about it beforehand. You did guys we? were all in. No. Uh, no, we did we? No. Can we just I should have guessed and it. I'm sorry. That's my bad. I know. You guys are bad at improv. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm just not saying stupid things. That, ooh, you're going to be quiet for this whole podcast? <laughs> no, it's right this second I'm not saying stupid things. Don't get, worry. Eventually I, I will. get tell, told by my colleagues that I uh, have a mean wit. They don't say wit. They just go, Beth, you're mean. I've got a bunch of all the mean shit you said. Today, my, one of my colleagues goes, you just think I'm a douche. I'm like, I would never call you a douche. Douches are useful for something. <laughs> and apparently that was offensive. D- douches are terrible for things. Like They have a purpose. Yeah, I was saying what he did not. It's medically terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> That's true. 
Okay. Anyway, I had to forget what, who had a vagina and knew what they were for. Was this a that that colleague that worked with me that one day? No, it was oh. the tall one. Oh, no more bank talk. <laughs> the podcast. Look, we got a lot of bank talk out before you guys. Luckily, it's luckily true. tonight. So anyway, Shakespeare, and we're here to drink, which we've started doing pretty heavily because the play we're talking well, about tonight. These beers that I got to open the night with are. From Dayton, Ohio, it's the Trotwood Lager, which if anybody knows anything about Trotwood, Ohio, I got it because it's uh, Trotwood's probably the worst place in the world. Period. And, and she's been to Cleveland. Oh. Look, it's not Detroit. It's not Detroit. It's true. But the, like they describe it on the back as this great place where crickets hum and fireflies flash. I'm like, um, and people steer over your car? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that has like 4% alcohol, so it's water. It's water. No ten percent um, alcohols today. I think. Hold on, I didn't check. No, that. Lord Chesterfield definitely does not have ten percent ABV. I really was tired, and I'm like, no, nothing over five. Anyway, so yeah, we already started he- heavily yeah, drinking, heavily just drinking. like the characters in the play we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, which we're talking about. The Merry Wives, Shakespeare's worst plays. The Merry Wives of Windsor. Sorry, Scarlett. Even the Wikipedia page describes this as one of his weaker, weakest plays. So when Wikipedia is taking a, <laughs> taking a punch at your gut... Wikipedia is throwing shade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is not necessarily the most juicy of plays. There is not a great deal of drama or undercurrent stories. It just... It's is, a farce. It's a farce. It was written to be amusing. It is amusing. There's some language in here, and I'm glad you've got your your copy out. And I There's Pelican some... Shakespeare that I bought today at Grounds for Thought for two dollars. Oh, nice. nice! I love their uh, selection of classics. Mm-hmm. I actually had to work at work the last week. Um, oh, so I couldn't really go through and print off a copy and annotate it. I had to just read it. <laughs> Dumb. But but. This this play, uh, which centers around. John Falstaff, or is in Merry Wives of Windsor, I like to call him John Falstaff. Oh, nice play on words, as if he's not the real Sir John. He is not, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I got into a Facebook argument with Tyler Ward about that this past week. Uh, (laughs) Tyler Ward believes he is the same? Yes, he thinks so. He is wrong. I am reading a book which talks about how there's two different Snow Whites. There's the Snow White of Snow White and Rose Red, and the Snow White of I bit an apple and fell asleep. Is this the same? There's two different John Falstaffs? There's definitely two different John Falstaffs. The the core of the character is so much different in this. I think the, you're wrong. I think the core of the character is exactly the same. I think he's a putz still. No, he is he's closer to he's closer to the gentleman, the, the bourgeois gentleman by Moliere in this than he is to John Falstaff of I'd say he's just two. less drunk than the John Falstaff. No, he's too. He's more of an idiot in this than he is in Henry Ford. I think that this is going to be a great discussion for the next episode. Put it on a note. Yeah, let's pin it. Let's pin it because I can argue about how terrible John Falstaff is. Oh, and by then we'll be nice and drunk. Oh, yeah, we haven't gotten into a really good knockdown drunk off in a while. So anyway, John the plot. The plot of the play. If it can be said that there is actually Here's a plot. plot to this play. Not a very good one. I mean, it's not very... Okay, the it's plot to this play... It's the hijinks that the boar's head in. The plot to this play, it's not the boar's head in anymore. 
It's not in this. It's not. It's okay. Not. Well, the introduction refers to it that it's way. It's like the green. No, it's the. Oh. Well, the introduction in the Pelican Shakespeare version refers to it that way. No, it's a. No, it's a different okay. tavern. Yeah, it's, it it's, does. It does bring back some of the characters. Oh, that the we, Garter Garter Inn. Yes, the, the Garter, Garter Inn. Inn. Which actually leads to an interesting theory about the writing of this play, that it was written for the Order of the Garter Festival in 1597, though it wasn't published until 1602. So, And there's some allusions that, you know, are in the text that, you know, might suggest that. But it also then kind of throws the timing off of, of the other supposed legend of the play. I feel like this play is taking subplots from Much Ado, and subplots from Taming of the Shrew and smashing them together with a character that everybody liked and trying to make a full play out of it. Like well, somebody's like, okay, Anya? John Falstaff in this is a fool. And a fool can't carry the whole play. Not Truth. by himself. Truth. Okay. So let's go through the actual plot. So we're in Windsor. That's the point. Of the whole thing. Yes. The town of Windsor. Yes. Windsor Castle and some of the places are referenced are historically referenced. And we meet <laughs> Shallow, who's a justice of the peace. Mm-hmm. We meet Sir Hugh Evans, um, who is just Welsh. He's Welsh. That's his, that's his, that's that's his, his defining characteristic yeah, that's his, that he's... his claim to fame. He's I knew Welsh. he was Welsh because all of his... B's or P's. Yes. Yes, that's how you know. When I was reading through it at first, I'm like, is this all, did somebody, somebody needs to go back to the Gutenberg press version. Somebody's done some mistyping. <laughs> oh, wait, no, hold on. They're just making fun of the Welsh again. <laughs> no, he's uh, Welsh, and Shakespeare was making fun of the Welsh. Uh, and Slender. Yes. So though Who's he, a friend of Shallows. Who's a friend of Shallows. Um, who creeps me out, and I don't know why, but he just does. Because he's just kind of creepy. But they've come to this inn to find Falstaff. Because Falstaff because fucked up. Uh, uh, yeah. He totally messed up uh, Shallow's hunting lodge. Yeah. Yeah, he just, like, went through, killed a bunch of shit, and, like, broke a horse, and <laughs> peed on the bed, and, I don't know, broke a door or two. Who knows? They just got into some Falstaffian things. He just fucked up the place. So... So James Roars went through the house. <laughs> I'm allowed to make fun of my son, but you step up to it again. I, I will swear, continue. I swear to God, I'll rip your balls off. I'll continue to make fun of your son. He's amazing. <laughs> you, I didn't say he wasn't. I love him. He's you, great. You'd be so lucky. All right. So I don't need another one. No. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Just one is good. One is good because then you can walk away. You can't walk away with two. They find you. <laughs> Well, they're like they're like velociraptors. No, velociraptors like have to leave to circle you to find you. My children just are like, "Hey, are you having maybe some sort of stimuli problem today? How about I lay on you, and my brother then lays on your shoulder like a parrot? Only he's six, <laughs> so it doesn't feel good. How about that? Oh, we're gonna cling. Ah, right. He's gonna drape like a like a cat. That's good. Oh, the little one's crawling. Up my shirt. Good. Yay. You didn't come out that way. You're not going back in that way. Get out of here. <sighs> Raptors at least leave you for a little while. <laughs> this, is, this is what I imagine being attacked by sloths would be. <laughs> Vicious attack sloths. It just, it's like slow and it's unending and they're just touching you all the time. <sighs> Get off. All right. So 
So yeah, he wrecked he wrecked house. Right, he wrecked the whole house, and they've come. Um, and the they know he's here with Paige, right? Yes, yeah, Paige. So they know he's here with Paige. Well, who's Lord Fen- Lord Paige, Sir Paige, someone Fen- Paige. Fenton is who Falstaff's with. But like he's at Paige's. The Paige, Paige is the, the one who comes out, and he's like Falstaff's here, right? And Paige is like. Yeah. Oh, say because the pages, yeah. the pages are Mistress Page, Mistress Ford, Mister Page, Mister Ford, and Page becomes incredibly important. Mm, she has apparently beer flavored tits. Yes, because everybody wants some. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they? That's, by the way, a reference to a different Shakespeare adaptation. The quote was slightly inaccurate, but I can you did. correct it for me? I'm not going to hear it on there. I hate being incorrect. Can't you tell me what it would have said? Nope. Is it because you won't say nipple? Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they come, they confront Falstaff. Um, Shell is like, you wrecked my place, and I'd like you to pay for it. 20 bucks. <laughs> that seems reasonable. It yeah. does. But I don't know what he tells him at the beginning of the play, because I don't remember. But by the end of the play, he's like, and that's $20, please, for wrecking the joint. <laughs> Like, man, I can go fuck up your lodge for two minutes. All it's going to cost me is 20 bucks. Granted, there's been some inflation since then. Um, but yeah, they... And so he's got a problem with the whole group. The with, whole group. Uh, Falstaff and Bardolph and Nim and Pistol. So. Realistically, if you have a problem with one, you have a problem with, with everybody. Yeah. They're the worst mean girls. <laughs> Mainly because they're dumb. Alright, so... Slender is in love. Is it Slender or Shadow? It's Slender. Shallow. Shallow. Shallow is in love, love with, with Anne Page. And so Anne Page, like, invites everybody in. Because what's better than people being mad at each other in the courtyard of an inn? Let's get them all under the same roof mm-hmm. and make them pissed at each other. So they all go over to Paige's house. Let's skip into the next scene. Anything else you guys want to put in the anyone? No, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So they're going to... Yeah. It is slender, though. It's slender. It is slender? To... Okay. That's what I thought, because he's creepy. I think he's creepy the whole time. Slender's the one who thinks they stole his wallet, and he says he's never going to drink again and everything. That's not a good reason to not drink again. That's bad. So they all go over to Paige's house. That's scene two. Um, <laughs> and... Evans, the Welsh man, because the Welsh people apparently like to hit on Mistress Quickly. Apparently. Apparently. That's the thing you do. It's the thing you do if you're Welsh. You're like, hi, I'm Welsh. Yeah, Mistress Quickly moves on up, though. Either or, or down, depending on when in the timeline. So are we just taking the same... If it's the same... If it's not the same Falstaff, is it the same Mistress Quickly? Well, it's it's not the same any of them. Because they're all terrible shadows of who they are in Henry Four. You're just having a sequel problem at this point. Well, it's not a sequel because it, all right, all right, it does not right, even uh, take place. All right, never mind. It does not even take place in the same time period as Henry the Fourth. It does. No, this is this play is Elizabethan through and through. It takes place in the modern time period as Shakespeare wrote it. The only reference in the entire work to the fact that there's anything involving Henry Four is Fenton makes or er, there's a comment about Fenton hanging out with Henry the Fourth. That's it. There's one throwaway line in the entire play. Do you think we're going to be able to convince Ryan of this? I'm not committing to anything at this point. No, I'm not either. All right, moving on. 
Um, but basically, Falstaff is, he's come up with this plan, um, that he lets his boys in on, where he's <laughs> going to attempt to seduce both <laughs> Mrs. Ford and yeah. Mrs. Page. He's going to send them both the same letter yep. asking if he can come visit them in their chambers. Because he's out of money and he feels that stooping them is going to get him some. Yeah, and he might as well, like, cast two nets and hopefully... <laughs> yeah, you know. So... And so he enlists <laughs> his boys to go, like, deliver the letters. They, they tell well, him to piss off. First he fires Bardolph. I can't pay you. Go away. He's like, why don't you go um, apprentice to the the tap guy? Because bartender. They don't have a dude behind the bar. And Bardolph's like, oh, yes. Yes, That's I've always wanted idea. to do this. I think I would be very good at it. So he goes off to do that. So, gotta commit fraud to make money. Sends them off with the exact same letter, which is... Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Anybody else think that's a good idea? And then Mistress Quickly is... She has arranged for... She calls him her master? Master Doctor? Master Caius. She works for the doctor. Master Caius. She works for the doctor. Well, I couldn't see his name without thinking... Dr. Zayas. Okay. Um, but Dr. Caius. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Caius is the second person who wants to marry Anne Page. Yes. The French doctor. The French doctor. And Mistress Quickly is like, yeah, yeah, I can make that happen. Mm -hmm." Well, and, and Mistress Page favors the doctor marrying Anne. And Mr. Page favors Slender. Shallow yeah. or slender, whichever one it is. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, I don't you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Favors the other one. And of course Anne herself. But she's turned down whatever dude she actually likes. She's turned him down before. Yes. Well she's she's into Fenton. She's into Fenton, but her parents don't approve. So yes. she's she's turned him down before. They don't like Fenton. So Dr. Caius, because he's in love, he's decided to challenge the Frenchman, believing that the Frenchman is also trying to get with the daughter. Mm-hmm. That can only lead to good stuff, right? Yeah. And what I love is that Mistress Quickly is going around. She's talked to Caius, and she's talked to Slender, and she's talked to Fenton, and she's told each one of these men at some point, yeah, yeah, I'm sure Anne likes you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll help you with this. But every time she does it, like she's trying to get out of something, like... She's in a tight spot. Like, she's hiding Simple. Yeah. And Simple come, came to give her the letter. And the doc, she's like, the doctor wouldn't like it if you're in the house. Quick, hide in this closet. And the doctor's coming in, rummaging around for stuff, waxing ecstatic about Anne's nipples. Did you say nipple yet? Nope. Okay. So waxing ecstatic about how amazing she is. And so to get him out of the house quickly, Anne's like, or Mrs. Quickly goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will absolutely help you woo her. Sounds like a great plan. Why don't you go work on writing something? Yeah. Yeah, just uh, just walk away from here so I can get this guy out of the house. And then Fenton comes, and again, she's still hiding a man. And so she's still trying to get these guys away so that she can get this dude she's hiding in the house out of the house. And so she keeps burying herself in this, like, yes, yes, I will help you. Now leave, now leave, now leave, now leave. And by the end, she's just like, oh, fuck. 
And that's Act 1. That's all of my meetings for March 31st. <laughs> I didn't think there was a March 31st. I didn't think there was a March 31st. So, and then we have, we start Act 2 with, I think, one of my I like this scene. favorite scenes from this play. Because I love that you might guess where this is going, that they'll try and be... But you have Mrs. Page who reads the letter from Falstaff and immediately goes, Are you kidding me? This guy is absolutely bonkers. This is the most ridiculous thing yeah, I've ever she, seen. She's immediately like, Okay, no, so I think we need to take a second, just in case you missed all of the fucking Henrys that we've done, because it's a lot. And you <laughs> don't know who Sir John Falstaff is from all of the Henrys we've already done, which was a lot. John Falstaff is an Aging, fat, stinky, drunkard of an old knight. There is no reason for him to believe that he can seduce these women. There's no reason at all. John so, Falstaff from Henry the Fourth would have been able to. John Falstaff of Mary Wives of Windsor, of course, had no chance. Okay, again, <laughs> this is that's a topic for a different day. All right, so. I think that's important before we start talking about the scene, because the scene is, this is my favorite scene in this play as well, because you're so used to, like, um, and maybe it's because I just came off of doing The Importance of Being Earnest, where the two women are, like, fighting for a guy who's been lying to them. Like, what the fuck do you care? But in this scene, you have Mrs. Page who reads the letter, and then Mrs. Ford comes running in, and she's like, you are not going to believe this letter I just got. And Mrs. Page is like, Bitch, me too. And they, <laughs> she won't say nipple, but bitch, me too. She's got it. She's got and it. So they exchange letters, and they're making fun of. And they're near, yeah, nearly identical. Because like yeah. you just, he must have just a stack of these, like printed with the yeah. na- with the space blank for the name, and he just fills it in and sends it to these women. And then they're like, "Why don't we see if a we can make our husbands jealous?" And B, who would be jealous of Falstaff? B, make an idiot out of this guy, Falstaff. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That's the best part of the entire play, is these women who are, instead of fighting against each other, they're like, you have to see this bullshit. And then, so, Falstaff also fired Pistol and Nim. Yes, he did. Um, And so, when you fire your best friends... The first thing that they're going to do, if you're Falstaff, Pistol, and Nim, is to turn around and be like, well, he shouldn't have told us his plan to fraud these people before he fired us. Which is like an evil bad guy kind of slip. Like, you don't tell them you're caught and then fire him. And then fire him. That's dumb. It's neat to know. So they decide that they're going to come in and they're going to tell as well, all about it. Oh, my God. He really didn't make the best choices. Here. No, no. But they they run to um, Page and Ford. Well, yes. You'll never believe what Mr. They, they go off to tell the husbands. Yeah, this Mr. Falstaff is going to try and seduce your wives. He has sent them letters. And the one husband's like, whatever. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure they are. But aren't you guys just servants of Falstaff anyway? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> the husband's like, <laughs> whatever the fuck, dude. But okay. we don't have time to think about that. Let's instead go out and watch Duel. Um, and I love Paige's response 
Um, he says, if he should intend this voyage towards my wife, I would turn her loose to him. And when he gets more of her than sharp words, let it lie on my head. Like, no, no, no. I want to watch him try because she's going to fuck him up. Go for it, dude. And I'm here for it. Yo, marry wife. Fuck him up. Jesus. And but he's disguised. He's got the big he's got the big mustache. You yeah. know. 
Yeah, he's wearing like the fake mustache, yeah. nose, and glasses. <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, my name." Got the Groucho Marx going on. My name is Brooks. My name is Brooks. Met me before. I've never met you. And uh, I'm in love with Mistress Ford, and I want your help to cuckold her husband. Woo her away from her. And husband. help me woo her. And Falstaff's like, "Yeah, okay, I can." Make it put on the cuckold horns. I can, I can do that for you. So sure. Yeah. So yeah, his wife is already gonna clown around with me. So why don't I just, I'll help you go in my place because I already got Mistress Page set up too. So I can't do two ladies at once. You can have the other one. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting up there in years. And Ford's like, oh no, she really was gonna cheat on me. Because he believes the fat old guy. Who doesn't believe the fat old guy? So he's going to go break Well, millions up. of children believe the fat old guy every year. Stop it. And then, of course, Ford flies into a jealous rage of, yeah. like, I can't believe my wife would do this. How could she? Nothing How could? No, literally, literally nothing, nothing has happened. happened. Nothing is going to happen. But because of the age-old issue of not talking to your wife... You give us, like... 35 lines on uh, uh, just, your jealousy and it ends with five, 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 cuckold, cuckold, cuckold. I'm not saying this is the best written play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that we're all in agreement there. It's not his finest work. I bet we can find worse. We've already read one. It was called Troilus and Cressida. We did King I John. Don't, and we that, did King John. I would say Troilus and Cressida just pimp the uncle. At least. And Disco King, Dad. At least. Yeah, that's right. Dad. Disco Dad. This what? King John had the guy jumping off the wall. That was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I swear he's not dead. He's still alive. He's literally lying dead on the ground right there. Oh, um, that, that guy. guy. Oh, dicks. I'm sorry. That's oh, on me. Oh, dicks. I feel like King John is not as. Never mind. I don't want to read it. <laughs> well, Disco Dad. Right. Disco Dad wasn't for listening. No, that, that was. That was Love's Labors. Love's Labors. Love's Labors. Disco Dad. Love's Labors? Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Pippi, that was definitely Troilus and Cressida. Troilus and was um, yeah. Uncle Pippi. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> Uncle Pippi's dick was a basement. So, next scene is, is useless. All right, so yeah, this scene... He's making fun of the French. Right. So we've made fun of the Welsh. Welsh and we're going to make fun of the French. Well, now the Welsh... Know your audience. Yeah. The Welsh. Welshmen and the Frenchmen are going to duel oh, each other. Right. So this entire scene A is, Welsh clergyman, no less. Is Dr. Caius is there going, Oh, can't wait to fight him, can't wait to fight him. And they're like, mm, well, I think you should go and it's not common, so you should just go over to Frogmore where Anne's waiting for you because she loves you. Wouldn't really that's just where the Welsh guy he wanted to fight was anyway. So why lie to him and just be like, ah well that well, Welsh the, guy the, the, welched the, the, on your deal Go over there and show him a Welshy good time. The 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 uh, the dude that uh, owns the inn was the one who sent them to different places for their duel. Just dumb, like that. Well, he was just trying to fuck with them. It's literally like who uh, can who can one up fuck each other the the, the play. Yeah, and it's this like, just isn't that that the wives messing around with somebody who's trying to mess around with them is funny. The host just sending them to weird places and then making them run around trying well, to fight he each thinks, other? Because he thinks it's funny. It, I don't think it's funny. I'm just saying, I don't think it's funny. No, I'm not like, saying uh, I think it's funny. I don't think much in this play is funny. If I were <laughs> doing this play as a director, I'd be like, let's cut that the fuck out. You yeah, don't need that. Yeah, 
All right. So we've just done some Dr. Caius waiting. So now here's Dr. Or Sir Hugh waiting for Dr. Caius singing, making fun of the Welsh some more. Um, but now at least we get a couple of the other people who also want to bang Anne in the same place. That's really what this is about, right? Yep. Gathering all the people who want to bang Anne in the same place? Yep. While not giving Anne much screen time? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, so... It's like a bad college party. I've been to those college parties. We all have. Oh yeah, we were all theater kids, so yeah. they all been the same people. Occupational hazard. It's not really an occupation. It's just a, spending a lot of time together with it's the same people. No, you don't get paid for it, but you live it. Yeah. So just a bunch of bad threats slung at each other between Hugh and Caius. This doesn't even go anywhere. Yep. World's worst duel. World's worst duel. Twelfth uh, night. We haven't done that one yet. I know. Although that one is at least amusing. I've I've been in that fight in twelfth night. <laughs> yeah. So Alright. So I started that fight in twelfth night. <laughs> yes. I, I will did. start a fight right now. <laughs> okay. Are you going to turn this car around? I am. <laughs> Be no goddamn McDonald's, that's for damn sure. You don't have McDonald money anyway. <laughs> You're right, kid. I don't got McDonald money. You trash. All right, so let's go back to the wives, because those are my favorite. All right, so Mistress Paige, uh, who is, like, convinced Falstaff <laughs> to give her his page boy. Yeah. He's like, hey, stop working for that drunk, horrible, creepy old man. Give with the zero. Quit the <laughs> zero, the zero give with the hero. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> he's fired everybody but the page boy, right? And then the page the page boy quits on him. Was it Robin? Robin. Yes. So, the page boy's on like, okay, I don't really want to be with that old drunk guy anyway. He's creepy and smells bad. Um, but they run into because Ford. He tries to yeah. me they run into money. Ford, and he's like, "Where are you going?" She's like, "Well, I'm going to go see your wife." And he goes, "Ha You know, if I I thought that if you two didn't have husbands, you marry each other because you spend so much time together. She's like, "Yeah, you're hilarious, dude." If our husbands weren't such twats, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't spend so much time together. But <laughs> like, also. Falstaff obviously didn't get the lay of the land first either. No. Because, I mean, how do you how do you how do you throw game at two, two best, best friends? friends? Yeah. At you, the exact same time, two adult best friends. I think we really need to put that in. Oh there. yeah. Okay. Because yes. you could do this to two high school best friends, and it would totally fucking work. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched that go down in my high school. Well, because they would jealous each other into Falstaff's bed. Exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't even want him. They would just want to win. Yes. So. But Ford, so Ford is so horrified that his wife is going to sleep with Falstaff, which isn't going to happen. And despite the fact that Mistress Page is like, no, like I am going to see her right now. She is not meeting with anybody except <laughs> for me. Ford is still like, no, nope, going to cuckold me. No, nope, she's runs into Page and is like, I can't believe you're going to let your wife sleep with Falstaff. He's like, I. Still not. Like, still. I still don't think, I don't it's, think gonna it's gonna happen. happen. <laughs> and then we we find out that uh, Mr. Page wants 
Slender to marry his daughter. Which is not who his daughter wants to marry. Which is not who his daughter wants to marry and not who his wife wants to marry his daughter. Right. Well, no, because the wife wants it to be Dr. Isaias. <laughs> Doctor, yeah, Dr. Caius. Uh, and the host says, well, what about Master Fenton? And Paige is like, nah, that's not happening. Nah. We've, we've tried that road before. She's denied him. Nah. So, of course, that's who she really wants. But she was told by her parents they didn't like him. So that's why she denied him. Yeah. Right. Right. So now they're all decided to go help woo Anne for Slender. Which is strange. I don't know how you can woo... So- uh, whatever. Group woos. I don't get it. <laughs> it happens a lot, though. But... In Elizabethan England. There is some Welshy Welsh Welsh in this scene. Yes. There is some Welshy Welsh Welsh. Welsh Welsh. I did my Ancestry.com DNA test, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how Welshy I am. If it comes out that I'm not at all, I'm going to be very sad and you'll never hear about this again. <laughs> I, uh, I I did my 23 and me. You did your 23 and me? I am super British. Very white. Much London. Except. Unsurprising. For the 0.6% of you that is Native American and African. That's true. Combined. Like, he's 99.4% like English, yes. Scottish, British Isles. English, little, and like German. And yeah. And then. Well, that all, that all, that all scans. Yeah. And then 0.6% Native American. So. And African. Yep. A little bit of the oppressor taking the oppressed there. <laughs> a very little bit. <laughs> Rape culture in your background. Likely. All right. Anyway. Moving on. Anyway. So we have Welchy, Welch, Welch. That, that, shit weird. that shit got real weird. It did. It did. Then, then we have... Clearly need to drink more. Then we have the wives together again. God, I love it when the wives are together. I know. And it's really the only... It's really the only good part, except for the parts where they're together with Falstaff. Yeah. And and what they're doing here is they're they're plotting. Yeah. Um, like when they're plotting, they're when, they're, when they're joking, those things like they're funny together. They're using uh, false steps, page boy against him. Yeah. Oh my god. So the problem is, is really with this play is every scene the false steps in. But the the women are like, um, they're they're sitting there talking and they're like false steps coming. Oh oh, Mistress Page, go hide, go hide. This will be funny. You can watch what he does. You can watch what he does. Um. And you, like hide, wait for your cue, and then you're gonna run in, right? And like say that my husband's coming, right? So, so that they we can... throw all the laundry in the ditch to give him a place to hide in the mud. Yeah. So they, well, no, he hides in the laundry comes, basket yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes in to seduce Mistress Ford, and she's being all flirtatious, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. totally want this. And then Mistress Page Please. runs in and is like, "Your husband's coming. You need to hide him." And she's like, "Quick." Get into this basket of in dirty the, laundry. Get in the buck basket here. And, and so, like, that's so funny. Ha, ha, ha. We'll put him in the laundry and then have it taken out. Except that He's then <laughs> her husband actually does come. Yes. And they have to take the laundry out. And they have to take the laundry out. And, and so he's convinced that she's hiding false stuff somewhere. They, they, they well, hunt the laundry basket in the river. They lay into him. Mm-hmm. Pretty nicely about uh, <laughs> believing for a moment that either one of them would deign to give the time of day to false. Of course, and he's in the laundry basket listening to them. Right. Well, I mean, for now, he's in the laundry basket. For now. For now, he's about to get chucked out the house. But yeah, so he he, but being false staff, 
in this, uh, you know, he hears all this talk about himself, and then still, though his pride is wounded, he still comes out the other side, he's like, I thinking can... he's got a fucking chance. It's like, so I'll, just, I'll come again tomorrow. It's you're fine. Still, it's say, fine. They just so you're saying, I've got a chance. This 98% would never sleep with him. So 2%? 2%? Still a chance. Just saying I got a chance. Still a chance. And then, like, during this, awkwardly, at the end of the scene, where he's been reproved by his wife and his wife's friend for being an idiot, he's like, all right, well, let's throw a big dinner tomorrow. Everybody come to my house. Everybody come over for turkey. (laughs) They're going to make fun of me. (laughs) But everybody come over. And then we get a scene with Fenton and Anne. Yeah. Where Anne goes, no. I do love you, but I've been promised to marry many if, other people at this point. And <laughs> that guy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever the fuck he is. It's like, well, if you could have... It would have been nice to know that yesterday. Maybe we could have done something about this. The six other times I asked you to marry me, if you'd actually love me. And so she's talking to Fenton, and then uh, Shallow and Slender come in, and Slender's like, Your father has promised you in marriage to me. And, and she's like, see? That guy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to marry that fucker. And he can't even get words out without his uncle having to, like, no, don't, don't tell her that. Tell her, <laughs> tell her good stuff about yourself. Don't I have huge <laughs> lands, but most of it's swamp. Don't mention the swamp. <laughs> Just say the huge, you fucking it. Ugh. Huge so, yeah. tracks so, of land. So Slender is there, and he's going, your father says I can marry you. And her father's like, yes, I want you to marry this gentleman. And then Fenton's like, I would like to reiterate that I would like to marry her, and also she wants to marry me. Like, we already worked this out. <laughs> and then Dad's like, no, 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 no. She's going to marry this one. And Mistress Page comes in and is like, oh, and no, then, yeah. no, she's marrying that yeah. one. And then Anne's like, Mother, please don't make me marry this man. She's like, oh, no, of course you're not going to marry that man. You're going to marry this one over here. <laughs> but, wait, what? <laughs> we figured this out already. What could make this situation better? Mm, how about Mistress Quickly coming in and being like, don't worry. Fenton. Let's stir some shit. Don't worry, Fenton. I know how to make this right. You'll get to marry Anne. Cause... At this point, nobody should listen to Mistress Quickly. No, she's got this speech about, you know, um, but yet I would my master had Mr. Sam, or I would Master Slender had her, or in sooth I would Master Fenton had her. I will just, do what I can for all three of them. She's, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's still trying to figure this one out. She's trying to play three ends against the middle. <laughs> well, plus the two other ends that she's playing, trying to help Falstaff yeah. sleep with a rich like, wife. This is the worst kind of, like, shipping indecision yeah. when you're in a fandom and you're she, like, well, I could see that person with this one, or this one, or this one. I don't know tell which you one what, I like better. We'll turn off the lights, and you guys figure out where everything goes. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> that was too much for you? <laughs> <laughs> I broke I broke Ryan. Oh, uh, Jesus. Oh, uh, right. dicks is what uh, I said. Oh, dicks. Uh, Dance. That is what I meant. That is what I meant. And then quickly takes another message to Falstaff. Who's covered in mud from being thrown Well, because he got hucked in the river. Yeah. With the with the laundry. Yep. They made the laundry dirtier to throw Falstaff <laughs> in the mud. And their conversation goes like this. Um, I have a message for you from Mistress Ford. 
I want nothing to do with Mistress Ford. She's, She's the reason I'm covered in mud. She's super sorry you're covered in mud, but her husband will be home tomorrow morning. Okay, I'll go there. I will, yeah, <laughs> I changed my mind immediately. Oh, I don't yeah. love her. She kicked me in the face. But she won't kick you in the face tomorrow. Oh, well, I love her again. I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but, but he's like, so he's coming up and he wants to know where his friend Brooke went to. <laughs> And nobody knows who the fuck Brooke is. Yeah, but I think at some point in time, Ford's going to talk to him and forget, like, mid-sentence that he didn't put on his Brooke <laughs> fake mustache. Doesn't put on the, the Groucho, the Groucho yeah. disguise? And he'll grab him out of his pocket. Oh, hold on. Brooke. Brooke's again. See? And Falstaff is so stupid in this that he'd buy it. Yeah, well, and he Count does. He's a great fox. What are you going to do? So, and then he... He's so taken by it, but... This is very Shakespeare, by the way. Falstaff goes, I wonder where Brooks has gone to. And guess who should enter into the inn? But Brooks! Oh, how convenient. I would like to say things like, I wonder when David Tennant's going to get here. Why doesn't it work for me? Because my blue David Tennant suit's in the other room and I'm sitting right here. I didn't want you to dress up like David Tennant. That's... Really unfortunate because that's all you're. That's get the here. best you're gonna get, lady. You know, I I paid five hundred dollars to meet him next month, so you guys can go fuck yourselves. Wait, what's this? I paid five hundred dollars to go meet him next month. Did you? Uh huh. Where? No vibe. Oh. Uh, very cool. You'll sit very cool now. Very cool when his arms around me. My husband knows. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he understands. All right, Look, Mr. Page. Yeah, so, about those understandings. So, as Brooke, he comes to Falstaff, and Falstaff's like, you won't believe what I've been through trying to get Mistress Ford for you. Let me explain all the hijinks that she happened. She threw me in the mud. She threw me in the mud, but it's okay, because I'm going to persevere. And then Ford I'm going back goes, tomorrow. He goes, goes right back. He's like, oh, no, I was wrong. I am going to get cuckled. And it's like, dude, we just went through this. <laughs> they lied to me. He was in the room the whole time. We just went through this. Ugh. Such an idiot. I've also met husbands like that. Like, not literally. And then we have a vocabulary lesson with Mistress Mistress Page's son and the Welshman. Which is cute in making fun of Welsh. (laughs) Well, you know. And shows that Mistress quickly is an idiot. Play to your audience. Make fun of the Welsh. Yeah, that all, every Welsh word is a dirty word. Yeah. Like, that's the entire point of this scene. Uh, but if I was a director, I would leave it in because it's funny. It's funny. But it is... that It doesn't move the plot along. It's just kind of funny. Ugh. All right, so back to Falstaff and Mistress Ford. <laughs> Mistress Page again runs in saying, Ford's here! Let's go! You gotta get in the basket again. And Falstaff's like, no, I'm not gonna get in the the basket. basket. (laughs) And they're like, well, you know, if we had clothes big enough for you, we would dress you up like a woman. No, yeah, do that. Do that. Dress me up like a woman. Okay, so... Here's where, when I was reading this, I want you to know that um, Little John from Robin Hood. Robin Hood, yeah. Running through the forest. Yeah. Yeah, that when he's in drag, that's what I... Um, that's pretty mean to Little John. It is pretty mean to Little John from Robin Hood, but he does not, he does not make an attractive woman. Well, it also makes me think of the scene in, in Willow 
where Mad Mardigan... He's not an attractive woman either. No. But he disguises... Not a woman! But instead of just being, like, random waiting woman, or random, like, maid in house, mm-hmm. he decides Fat that... Fat cousin Bertha or whatever. Nope. He disguises himself... And, like... As the old woman of Brainford. Yeah. Like, he's not just no one. Or just sitting in the corner hiding as a woman. He interacts. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on! Ballstaff can't not do that. It's true. It's true. So, Mistress Page warns Mistress Ford, you know, hey, you're kind of pushing it a little bit. Your husband is <laughs> off his fucking rocker, and he's not <laughs> catching on. He knows about the laundry basket, and he's not thinking that it is as funny as we do. And so he, Mr. Ford comes in and just starts, like, tossing the room. Is he in this laundry basket? Under the bed? Where is he? And then he's like, who's upstairs? Oh, it's, you know, it's the old... The old witch? The old, you the know, old maid ma- of- maid's and of Brainford. And yeah. it's been established that Ford does not like her. And so he's like, oh yeah, let her come, bring out, bring her out here. And then uh, Mrs. Ford says, nay, good sweet husband, let him not strike the old woman. And it's like, nobody has talked about hitting the woman before now. <laughs> but it's definitely like, no, don't hit the woman. Don't do it. Don't. don't. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be terrible if you had to beat her to get her to leave your house. The only way she would ever walk out the door is... If you were hitting her, and so he exactly so he does. <laughs> that would be terrible if that happened. <laughs> but this, she's got to be a witch, though. You know why she has to be a witch, according to the Welshman? Why is that? She's got a beard. <laughs> that like well, that's Sir Hugh is just like well, must be a witch. Must huge beard. Mm-hmm. Couldn't possibly be a man in drag. Huge. Beard. Well, obviously. Huge tracks of facial hair. And so, at this point, now Falstaff's been beating the shit out of. And Ford is losing his goddamn mind. <laughs> and so the Mr. Wives- Page is still going, yeah. um, I guarantee you, this is all a game to them. And the wives have a conversation. They're having a blast. Yeah. The wives have a conversation like, this is hilarious, but it might be getting slightly out of hand and we should probably, like, wrap this up let's, and bring let's, it to Let's a put close. a kibosh on this. Should we tell our husbands? Yeah. So. <laughs> and we don't get that conversation. Yeah. We just have the aftermath of that conversation. Yeah. With Ford going, pardon me, henceforth do without wilt. I would rather suspect the sun with cold than thee with wantonness. It's like, come on, dude. I would have never thought you would have. But... But so now they have this whole big plot that they've got their husbands in on, and they have Mistress Quickly in on, and they have all of their children in on, where they're going to get Falstaff super drunk, and then everybody's going to dress up like fairies, and they're going to have all the children dressed as fairies, like, beating up on Falstaff. But don't they're all going to come, they're all going to come around and beat on Falstaff <laughs> as fairies. Yep. And Anne's going to come in as Queen of the Fairies. Anne's going to come in as Queen of the Fairies. But, both of her well, parents. Mistress Quickly, I thought was Queen of the Fairies. No, it's, it's gonna be Anne. It's Anne because both of her parents have like, um. Don't worry, when she's Queen of the Fairies, you could sneak in and steal her. Yeah, so, 
Paige says to Slender, she's going to be dressed all in white. That's how you'll know it's her. Yeah. Get involved in this. Oh, she is involved. But, but Paige says to Slender, she's going to be dressed all in white. She's going to have a mask on, but you'll know it's her because she's going to be dressed in white. And you can take her away. And get married. And get married in this church. And at the same time, Mrs. Paige is saying to Caius, she's going to be dressed all in green. That's how you'll know it's her. You can take her away in the middle of this and go get married. Maybe. And Fenton has found out about this, and he goes to talk to Annie. He's like, "So Just your parents are both your parents are both like trying to marry you off. How about you wear a different color, and we go get married?" Is that enough to throw the whole thing off? Um, and so they hatch this plan to go to a secret priest. A right? Secret yep. priest. Yep. Secret priest. Um, who's gonna marry them? We need to we do need to start a list of, of all the of, shows but the friars. All the friars. Because this is probably on his travels. Yes, like, well, after, somewhere along the way. Hey, hey, will you after, marry us in secret? Sure, that's never gone wrong for me before. <laughs> so <laughs> Hey Sierra hey, weddings I'm good with. Secret <laughs> Murder suicide packs, that's where we have problems. Well, I think he hasn't learned it yet. Alright, so <laughs> this is his travel point between the Forest of Arden, where he leaves his hold on, I haven't started to fight in a while. Where he leaves his Jack Quiss and goes off to become the friar to travel Jesus to Jesus fucking <laughs> to, to go around and become the friar for all these different places. Maybe this is the first one he starts at. This is where he cuts his teeth. And he goes, Oh secret wedding. That was kind of fun. I like bringing happiness to uh, people oh, whose yeah. parents don't want them to get married. Why? I could do this not? for a living. And then the next stop is Romeo and Juliet, where he's like, all right. So Wait, is this his origin story? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a well, story. no, no, the forest, is she saying the forest of Arden happened first? So, yeah. so that's, okay. the, that's origin the origin story. I thought we had already decided that was the origin story. We hadn't put anything, you know, officially carved in stone. Right, you and I well, decided that was the origin story. The, the, the Friar theatrical universe will have to wait for its own episode. <laughs> so is that is that the backstory then? And this is actually the 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 beginning of the movie. Like if this was a movie about his life, then this this would be where he comes in and says, "Yeah." This is the moment where he realizes how to swing on his spider webs through the forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. This is the end of the montage. Okay. All right. Going up. Okay, so... so you watching a lot of Spider-Verse, haven't you? Is Jacques his Uncle Ben? A lot. Uncle Ben doesn't die in Spider-Verse. There is no Uncle Ben. There's only Miles Morales. And so this the plan... The plan goes off as planned and Falstaff is abused by these children. Where they burn him and beat him so before- with sticks... Before we go too much because further, their parents said it was okay. It's true, <laughs> and and realistically, it was. Well, look, look, children don't need parents to say it's okay to hit people with sticks and shit. All right, before we go too much further into John Falstaff, before we hit towards the end of the play, um, there is shenanigans going on with Pistol and Nim and the barkeep. As the bar has been completely overtaken by Germans. Damn this thing. And Nim's trying to cheat other people. These fucking Germans. These fucking Germans. Nim's trying to cheat people out of metal goods, chains and stuff. Like, they're all trying to do little bad stuff. 
Which none of this has anything to do with the play. No, but it is just the interloping little scenes, and it will kind of come back. But I think you should. Everybody needs to know, like about the fucking Germans. yeah. The Germans are like, oh, the Germans are coming. Let us double charge them for everything because they're German and they won't know. First of all, nobody's more pragmatic than the Germans. They don't mm. fucking know. All right, so we burned Falstaff and hit him with stuff. Jesus. <laughs> Yep, and that's a whole big scene. That's yep. a huge scene. And then, then, dude comes back and goes, they scammed me. This is a boy. Yeah, so Slender <laughs> comes in and he's like, hey, hey, Paige, I have a, I have a bone to pick with you. This this daughter of yours, dressed all in white, it's not a daughter. That's Robin. It's and, a boy. And you know what? And the- <laughs> I almost, I almost married him. Because I didn't look under the mask. And then Caius comes in, and he goes, Hey, I got a bone to pick with you. This is a boy. And I did marry him. (laughs) (laughs) And so... (laughs) It was a beautiful ceremony. (laughs) It was was delightful. Don't are like, wait a minute, if you don't have... Our daughter, and you don't have our daughter. Where's our daughter? And then Annan sully our union. And then Annan Fenton walk in and went and go. Surprise! We got married. We got married. And then the parents are like, "Oh, well, if you're married, then of course we support you." Okay, well that's fine then. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, wait, you we could have had toit nups all along. <laughs> toit nups. Toit nups. Oh Someone's been watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine? Nine-Nine! No, no. It's Toy. good, but I don't want you two to ever get <laughs> engaged like that into a shared geekdom. It's scary and I don't like it. Too late. Yeah, we already love Neo-Scum and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just... The confusion that goes on through the play of who's a dude and who's not a dude is too much. <laughs> The whole thing is so... This play is ridiculous. It is. This is sillier than a winner's tip. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's also... And there's no magic baby. It's also worse than a winner's tip. Yeah. No and then we baby. end... We no end rich with... Baby. Everybody's laughing at Paul's staff, and he's like, well, I guess I done got had. And then... <laughs> but I know and And then Ford is like, but... I will say that you did one job very well, for I will be sleeping with Mrs. Ford tonight, and that's where we end. <laughs> and, and, like, they, he gets invited over to dinner. It's like, well, we can all go have some dinner. Come on, Sir John, we'll make fun of you some more. And John's like, free food, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least I'm getting fed. Wah, wah. The main difference between John Falstaff of the past and John Falstaff now is the John Paul staff of the past. <laughs> and that was my plan all along to fix your broken marriages. <laughs> I am glad that my plan has worked and that I was able to get these two lovebirds together at the same time. I would have much preferred that John Paul staff. I knew all of these plans and just allowed myself to be led along because it is who I am. <laughs> and I wanted you to have a happy Tune in for next episode where we talk about how Ryan would have much preferred to have that happen. Oh, it's because Ryan likes my narratives. No. Yes, he does. I like John Falstaff and Henry Ford 1 and 2. And no, I don't he likes my like narratives. him in this. And Beth has delusions. 
No, Beth has Trotwood beer, which tastes... Here, you got to try Like that. delusions? Right. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It tastes like... Does it t- taste like... It's like a sadness can yeah. and a... Yeah, have you ever had, like, a dirty lemon fizzy water? <laughs> I have now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Trotwood smells like. No, it's like if somebody uh, zested a lemon within a mile vicinity of the highlight. And they were like, you know what? To make this authentic Dayton beer, we're going to pull it straight from the, from the Miami River. <laughs> it's like somebody zested no a lemon into, into some Poe ditch water. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, that's Mary Wives of Wizard. That's Wizner. the plot of Mary Wives of Wizard. Wizner. Falstaff and his married wives in Wizner. <laughs> that's right. Mary Wives of Wisdom. <laughs> are they here in Watercare? Yes, they are. Wizards. Wives and married them. <laughs> <laughs> they're married. No one else is. Yeah, they're the only two motherfuckers that are married in this place. I have had female friends who I am pretty sure we are the only ones who think the shenanigans we're getting into are funny. And most of the time, it's our husbands who suffer the most. I love you, Chris. Don't leave me. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully, fully agree with that. Sometimes it's your way. I know. <laughs> And uh, so, tune in next time where we talk about uh, more Merry Wives of Somehow we'll get a week, full episode. Yeah, next week for you, a later today for us. Yeah. We'll be drunker. Probably not. I'm going to probably stop drinking anything higher proof than Trotwood. Mm-hmm. All right, and this has been, ooh, <laughs> Shakespeare. Brian had some sausage for lunch. I can smell that now. <laughs> I'm Ryan Hadfield. I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. Still Chase Greenley. Still? Still. <laughs> Come on, can't you get over that? Say goodnight, John Boy. Goodnight, John Boy. What, Paul? Goodnight, John Boy.